Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and the Market. Global online broker TD Ameritrade Singapore, which offers Singapore retail investors access to trading in the U.S. markets, has published its Singapore Investor Movement Index for September 2022. And joining us on the phone today to tell us what the IMX tells us about the trends of Singapore retail investors in the U.S. market during the month of September is Sean Cruz, head trading strategist at TD Ameritrade. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me on. Thank you for joining us today. So tell us more about the Singapore Investment Movement Index. What does it measure? So when we look at, at uh, the Investor Movement Index, what we're, we do is we focus in and really just get a sense for one, one where clients were either increasing or decreasing exposure. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes that can show up as you know either aggressive buying behavior, or maybe they were buying, but they were just being a little bit more defensive in, in terms of what they're buying. And then we also take a look at what they were um, buying specifically in terms of individual names, which is um, sometimes more or less what you would expect, but we often mm-hmm. get some, some interesting uh, names in there as well. I see. I see. So from this IMX, what, what did it tell us about some investing trends among Singapore's retail investors amid the volatility in the U.S. markets in the month of September? So I think the volatility in September, the biggest catalyst to me was this change in sentiment around what was going to happen with the Federal Reserve Bank of the U.S. And that was they reiterated their commitment to being very hawkish in terms of fighting inflation. And it drove a lot of volatility in interest rate markets, a lot of volatility in currency markets as well. Um, And that really drove a lot of risk off behavior from investors. Um, And we saw that show up with a decrease in that IMX score um, from uh, August into September. And that's also very similar to what we saw with the the overall population of all TD Ameritrade clients as well. So look, mm-hmm. ju- it just looks like globally, clients got a little bit more defensive um, and, and took some exposure off the table in September. Mm. What were some other differences in investing trends between the trends you saw in the month of September as well as previous months? I think what was interesting was that in August, and I think their Singapore clients said this one a little bit uh, more spot on than, than the general population. The general population got very enthusiastic um, mm-hmm. over the course of August. Our Singapore clients did not. They were they were more or less unchanged. They didn't get out there, get too excited about a, a Federal Reserve Bank pivot or anything. They took a little bit more of a wait and see approach and mm-hmm. turned out that was the correct play because uh, what they saw and what everyone saw in September uh, was not uh, anything to to validate any sense of optimism and investors had going into the month. And that put them in a little bit better spot to make some adjustments. Um, but I do think it's interesting that they were looking at some similar names in the semiconductor index, um, mm. which was an area that I think got caught with a little bit of a surprise. Um, mm. But they're also looking at, um, you know, 
names that are a little bit more specific and one of those companies that we always see show up is Palantir always ends up being a very popular name out of mm-hmm. our Singapore clients and it doesn't get quite as much traction out of um, the, the overall population. I always think that's something very interesting. Are there any other specific stocks that were the favorites amongst Singapore's traders? Um, the other thing that um, we saw was um, Starbucks was one that was very popular. Um, Apple and Microsoft were also popular names as well as Amazon. Mm-hmm. So I think one thing is there has been a pretty significant pullback in markets um, so far this year. And one, one thing we're seeing is when things look like they're bobbing out or investors maybe aren't calling the ultimate bottom, but they just get a sense that maybe there's not as much downside left. They start finding some opportunities to make small, take small bites and find little areas of the market they can go into and put small amounts of money to work. And they usually do that in some of the more well-established, I call them the quality names, companies that are maybe are going to have a little bit more volatility, but they don't have any concerns about if they're going to be around next year or two or two or three years down the road. They're profitable now. They've got pretty healthy balance sheets. Um, they have solid revenue. They're, they're cash flow positive. Those mm. quality type names are, are what we see um, a lot of investors focus on in, in, in uncertain times like we're experiencing right now. Mm. I mean, you mentioned uh, Starbucks and Microsoft and Amazon and they're big names. Um, what about the trends in U.S.? How do they come compare with Singapore retail investors? Very often, especially right now, where there's just this general sense of uncertainty, not just for certain pockets of the market or certain economies, it's more of a global macro un- uncertain environment that we're we're sitting in. And mm-hmm. so we, we generally actually see a lot of similar behaviors. I, I, there are every now and then there's a few specific names that stand out. Um, but when they are going out there and making decisions in times like we're in right now, both populations really do focus in um, on, on going out. And, and looking at those quality names. I think one thing that is interesting is are the names they sell or the names they they move out of. And the Singapore um, client base w- was made some pretty interesting moves in that they they sold names like Morgan Stanley, um, mm-hmm. Alibaba uh, Holdings was another one that was sold. Um, I think that's actually pretty interesting that they were they were finding some some financials um, and some other pretty big names out there that mm. they really wanted to avoid. And we're more than halfway through this month of October. How would you describe the U.S. market this month? Is it faring better than September? So the one interesting thing going into this month, um, and I I think we're in the middle of a change in in sentiment, at least for the time being, Mm -hmm. is leading up to the kickoff of earnings season, which we traditionally call when the banks start uh, reporting their earnings. It's usually Mm -hmm. J.P. Morgan. That is the the kickoff of of the official earnings cycle. Um, There was a lot of pessimism around what we were going to get from the banks. If the economy is deteriorating, are they going to have to start setting aside more money for um, loan loss reserves, loans that are potentially um, going to go bad, they're not going to get paid back on? Mm -hmm. That was a really big focus. Um, And the banks actually came out across the board. They they did pull back. They did have a little bit of softness from some pretty elevated levels last year. 
but we didn't get any of the, the major concerning items that would show the economy is really in trouble from the big banks. And mm-hmm. that's actually driven a little bit of positive sentiment about how the rest of earnings season can go. Mm-hmm. And so right now, I, I think that's what's driving a lot of this activity. So there's an improvement from September. I think the markets are, are run the risk of being a little bit off sides right now because mm-hmm. we've had some pretty strong rallies so far this week. And we have mm-hmm. a lot to go throughout the rest of earnings season. And so this is definitely encouraging to see positive sentiment return, some pretty good earnings coming out so far, mm-hmm. but we still have a long way to go before we can raise the victory flag. Right, right. And you do these uh, daily market updates, and I got a chance to read your most recent one, and you talked about whether optimism in markets could be adding up with the S&P uh, rising for two straight sessions boosted by earnings results from banks. But you said this should be taken as a grain of salt? It should. And the reason why is right now, what drove all of that volatility, we just talked about what drove all that that change in, in sentiment in September that caused that mm-hmm. sell-off. Um, you had clients across the board, especially clients in Singapore, lowering their exposure. It was because the Fed reiterated their, their hawkish stance and their commitment to reigning in inflation, wanting to cool off the economy. This earnings season, everyone's celebrating that things are great. That's actually not what the Fed wants. And so if we're getting really good reports out of the banks, the consumer is in great shape, you know, the loan books are great, housing, housing still doing okay. The Fed is going to sit there and look at that. And their interpretation is we aren't doing enough or what we're doing isn't working. So we may have mm-hmm. to take additional steps or we might have to be hawkish um, longer than we were maybe expecting to be. And if that is something that comes out of the other side of this, you could see a pretty big sort of snapback sell-off um, mm. from some of the rallying we're seeing right now. So that's right. why I think it's it's good that companies are in good shape so so far, at least from what we're seeing. But there's still a lot going on in the background, and I and I think the Federal Reserve is is closely monitoring what these company CEOs are saying about the business environment and what they're seeing on the ground out of their customers. Mm. And you also talked about China as well and its delay of the release of economic data, including its GDP data. Um, and you said no news is bad news, I believe. Yeah, I, I was I was really surprised to, to see just all of a sudden, hey, we're not releasing it. It's going to come yeah. out uh, next weekend. Mm-hmm. If you look at the calendar for what's coming out of China this weekend, there is a lot of data mm. um, coming out of China's weekend. I think it's going to be interesting to see how we close out the week because mm-hmm. traders and investors are going to know, look, a lot of this data is going to come out when U.S. stock exchanges are actually closed. Um, so you're not going to really be able to react to it in real time. And you might wake up Monday morning and, and have to to maybe make some pretty drastic changes depending yeah. on what what comes out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is also interesting to see the, the reiteration of the zero COVID policy, which I think in this day and age, you can at least be relieved to hear some consistency out of uh, mm-hmm. people in power. And they've been pretty consistent <laughs> all year, nonstop. We are committed yeah. to zero COVID policy. I don't know why you're trying to convince yourselves we're going to change our minds or anything. It's almost like the same thing the market's doing with the Federal Reserve, but mm-hmm. it certainly is going to 
be something to keep an eye on because the Chinese economy is extremely important in, in terms of driving global growth for a lot of these companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I think that's why markets are going to be pretty keyed into that this weekend when it comes out. Mm. And what else should investors look out for in the coming weeks as well? Um, you know, I really think it's um, what we hear in terms of guidance from management teams. That's the big thing. But you mm. also don't want to overlook some of the economic data that's going to be coming in. We get housing data coming mm. out. I think there's two sectors that should be the most responsive to interest rate policy changes. It should be housing and automobiles. Is there, those are loans, big, probably two of the biggest purchases some people ever make in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and they're they're very sensitive to interest rates. So, um, I think you want to keep an eye on the housing data and, and keep an eye on some of the durable goods purchases that are out there as well. There's going to be a lot of noise around earnings, but you still want to make sure you're keeping a finger on the pulse of some of those important economic indicators as well. Well, thank you, Sean, so much for joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure. We've been speaking with Sean Cruz, head trading strategist at TD Ameritrade. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.